You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee, right here on LA Talk Radio. Wow, so we got a great show for you today, Rifters. Uh, the, the trusty sidekick, Victor Pacheco, is in the building, and our yeah, great... Yeah. Our great guest, uh, someone who's really uh, helped me out a lot this year, and uh, you've heard him on KRLA, and he has a new movie uh, called Born Again, and it's coming out this summer, and he tours with Paul Rodriguez, and like I said, he's a guy who's really helped me out in my career, and I'm very grateful for him, and I think he's the funniest guy, and you guys are going to love him, the great Mel Garcia. Mel, how are you? Uh, I'm good. That was a lot of uh, that was a lot of hype, Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. That was good. Thank you very much. But you know, you put a lot of pressure on my ass. That's all. So you know everybody, and you start you start writing and stuff, and then like, when did you go into like saying, "Hey, look, I'm going to help comics uh, produce their shows." Because I think um, that's it, very intelligent. Well, after, you know, luckily the first one I did was Paul's. And after that, guys like I did Willie's, I did a couple other guys, you know, I, I produced a couple of Willie specials uh, because it, they felt safe and they, it's sort of like a two for one deal because they had a producer and they got someone who was punching up and writing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's very uh, smart. You know. Hey, yeah, yeah. So, can yeah. I ask a question right now, Mel? If it's cool, sure. like, uh, no, because like, okay, so like, your voice for writing for Pablo versus your voice on the radio versus your voice on stand-up, how do they all differ? What's the difference? Because they're internal. <laughs> no, and I'm not laughing because I'm just like, dude, that's, that's no, 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 because it's authentic as fuck. I'm laughing because I'm just like, fuck. No, seriously, there's a big internal. Like... That's that. That's that's organic. It's organic. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I can, you know, I, I can recite Pablo's fucking, uh, you know, Francisco's fucking uh, skits in my head, and I, I, in my head, they're in his voice. Yeah, definitely. You know, so when I write something, you know, I'm not saying it out loud, and it's sort of like <laughs> it'll be funny initially. It's like uh, I'll, I'll write something, uh, and I'll be in a group of people, and, and I'll say it. People go, hmm, that's pretty interesting. And then Paul will say the same fucking thing, and they'll fucking bust up laughing. It's like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> no, but you know, that, you know when you when you call Pablo on the phone, like I don't, I don't really know his real voice because whenever he talks to me, he talks in his movie phone voice all the time. You know, oh, so like, okay, yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's like Gilbert Godfrey. Like I don't know if this is his real voice or if he's just, you know. <laughs> Right, right, right. <laughs> no, he, yeah. no he, yeah, he's not. Yeah, no, he doesn't feel like he has to entertain me. You know, I just, uh, yeah, we talk more about women troubles and fucking. How do you how do you uh, get uh, naked ex porn stars to stop squatting at your house? Stuff like that. <laughs> and then he says, "This summer." <laughs> For the record, Victor Pacheco did not say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, well, I mean, it, it's and, just you know, I, I, I guess that's probably why I have the sort of relationship. I, it's like you know, I, uh, 
they don't have to be on around me, and I fuck much rather they wouldn't, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. because you're you're also you're not just comedian brothers with these guys; you're actual brothers with these guys. So you kind of know. Yeah, yeah. I've known, uh, like I've known Willie before his wife, that kind of shit, you know. And when I I met Paul, let's put it this way, P. Rod, uh, who's Polly boy to me, would we when we did Road Idiots at Armadillo, the heat of the Venice, and we would get on the bikes and we would ride to Santa Monica, and we would just be doing all, going over over the bits. And P-Rod would follow us on the skateboard, and fucking, we never thought the kid was going to survive. Awesome. Yeah, and fucking eating it all the time and filling himself, you know. It was more like, none of us, me and Paul didn't think, that guy's going to be gigantic. We always think, oh, Potosito's going to kill himself. Oh, yeah, that's the Mexican mindset, dude. I had the Mexican mindset. Yeah, and to see him grow and stuff like that, you know, you're just... I, I think a lot of it too is uh, you're around before they blow up, so it's like you know you're not there because they did. Right? No, definitely, because yeah. like when I was when I was my first year with Norm, like Norm was already blown up, but mm-hmm. when I was with when I was with him the first year, he couldn't sell tickets. I mean, he he sold maybe fifty percent of the venues, but when he started doing the sports show and the podcast, that's when he started selling out again. Mm-hmm. So you know. So, like, I know what it's like to, like, oh, because, like, it seems like my first year, people thought he was nobody anymore. And then, you know, then he started becoming huge again. So, well, I, I've been there for the roller coaster when he was, you know, gigantic and on the verge. And uh, when he was, uh, uh, you know, when he was uh, uh, excommunicated and a refugee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, and history always always repeats itself. You know, no persistency, persistency without will outweigh talent any day. Now, when because you also still book shows, so I wanted to ask you how how do you book shows? Do you book on because there has to be a formula on when you book shows that match with, for example, with Paul and stuff. You know, like how do you think? Okay, this feature is going to match well with him. Like there, that's a actual talent that a lot of comics don't have you know right right it, it's uh you know you just want you, the terrible thing about lining up latino shows sometimes is um you get somebody who came from the from all you get three comics that come from Boyle heights you know their experience of life and their perspective is going to be very very similar right you know you know where you can get latino from up north and you can get somebody uh, a latino that is assimilated and you can have that kind of you have more of a of a, a diversity even if they're all latinos it's it, it about me what <laughs> i'm just fucking with you no because it sound like a white guy only because what i was saying is north uh california and mexicanos are much different from you know southern mexicanos you guys I, you guys still wear farmer hats and shit. I'm just no, saying. No, I don't wear farmer hats. My mom was a farmer. And my dad, okay. I just found out this weekend. During Are you Memorial doing my weekend. argument or yours? I'm just no, curious. I'm doing mine. I'm doing mine. Okay. I'm doing mine. Right. I'm doing mine. Right. I'm doing mine. Because, okay. listen, no. Dude, I, just, like what I would say to defend wait. that you are a cowboy, that our farmer, your dad. Well, no, I'm not a cowboy, dude. I'm a fucking okay. American. I just, yeah. my parents are from Michoacan and from El Distrito Federal. Okay, what did you find out about your dad? What did I find out about my dad? That he went out of his way when he migrated to the United States 
that he was uh, trying to holler at my mom and that he went out to go pick peaches with my mom to get to know her better so they could pick fruits together. And, I'm, and my dad's a roofer. My dad retired from the carpenter's union, right? And so, so, so your, mom was, your mom was so fine that you changed your dad from a roofer to a, to a fucking migrant farm worker? No, so well, this is the thing. My, after one day, my dad was like, fuck this shit. I can make yeah. way more money as a roofer because it's a skilled yeah, yeah. position, right? And so my right. dad made a lot of money as an uneducated roofer because he he, he killed it. He killed it. Like he, like yeah. Like I they mean, own a house. Not me. Not me. They own a house that's worth one point seven five million dollars. She doesn't matter if she. I mean, I, I I'm not. You know. No. Not me. The they but, did but, it. Not but, me. Okay, but look, what I'm saying is your dad was not uneducated. Your dad had a very specific education, and it was with regard to roofing, and he fucking made the best of it. So he was not uneducated. Yeah. As far as, like, uh, being educated school-wise... Okay, he may not he, have been able to read and write, but that's besides the point. No, he can read and write, but he okay, learned then. that after the fact. But it's just <sighs> like, no, it's a messed up situation because, like, my dad... His his experience is different than everybody else's. Do you know about oh, the yeah, Bra- yeah. the Bracero program? The Bracero program ha- took place in the fifties, nineteen fifties, and a yeah, bunch of when they tried people- to get, yeah. No, no, there was a bunch of Mexicans that came from Mexico, and it's like this is the Bracero program. We're gonna have a bunch of all these Mexican nationals come here to the United States, and they're gonna work just part time for a little bit, and they're gonna do this thing. But all of my great uncles, my dad's uncles, they were just like, fuck this shit. So they all ran away from their thing and they just started their whole lives here in California. This so, is the longest question ever, Mel. I apologize. This isn't a long, no, no, this isn't a question. This is, this is curious. Uh, there's a question here somewhere? No, there's no question. I was just stating this is what my experience was because like, I'm not an average. Right. You know. Well, like, nobody from North California is, you know, we're, I'm a city boy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. No. But, but. 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 Like. So like, your perspective on life and, and your humor is going to be much different than somebody who was raised in Los Angeles or East Los Angeles. Absolutely. You have a, I, you have a completely different perspective. That's all. Right. I, I guarantee yeah. it. No. No. Because in L.A., like you're either a fucking badass motherfucker or you're a fucking piece of shit. That's it. There's no in between ground, and that's how it is up here too. Yeah. And so I'm not calling you out or anything. It's just more like LA life. When I was doing shows with Latinos, it was different than the Latinos up here in Northern California. So I agree with you 100%. Well, well down 100%. here, George, I mean, no offense, but George Lopez fucked that all up early on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone was like, hey, you know, it, they fucked. I mean, no, uh, about being on sharing a stage and all that kind of good shit. He wouldn't let that happen. So no, of course not. Well, I, I'm I'm just so lost, and I don't even, I'm just like I'm feeling. You know, this is this is the whitest I've ever seen you be. I'm just saying, no, because uh, I I feel like I have, I have actual questions, and I feel Victor. I, no, I ask don't questions. know no, what's no, going no, on. Stop! With Victor. No, no, no. I was talking to Mel because he he struck on a chord here about the Northern California comedians. Okay, so I, so I wasn't offended. I was just trying to defend it. No, back ask Mel. to Mel. Back to Mel. So, Mel, you started on KRLAL with, ah, fuck. See, I even fucked up what I was going to ask. Rewind. 
you started on KRLA with Fraser Smith and you helped produce him. And at the and like there was a time where Fraser Smith was uh he was probably like the Howard Stern before Howard Stern, you know what I mean? Right, right. That was on KLSX. Apparently it was Huggy Boy and Mucho Morales, it was real uh, oldies. But the sister station was K uh uh K uh, X, which at that time um uh, fuck we had Jim Ladd, Fraser Smith, uh uh all those and, and the people that ended up being classic rock uh, uh guys. But Fraser Fraser owned Los Angeles, man, for uh, in, in his heyday during mornings on Cami T, the K Rock and, and KLSX. I mean, KLOS, he uh, he owned the city for a while. Yeah, like like I said, yeah. he, he was probably Howard Stern before Howard Stern. Like he exactly, was exactly exactly. Well, Howard Stern gives him all props, saying I I stole a lot of your shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, so, like, what was that like being like on the radio? You know, because there there's a difference between doing radio and comedy. So like, you know, it's two different skills. So I wanted to ask, like, how do you prepare for that? Well, well, you know, um, the last seven years that we had a Kellowis just before the pandemic, uh, it was really like a hybrid show between a podcast and the radio show. And uh, it was I wanted what we did is I sort of what we talked about earlier. I wanted to be able to talk to comedians that weren't that that we're not on that we yeah. could, you know, we could talk, have substance about the, the basis of the material, not to say that things wouldn't have been funny, but it would have, it, it was more of a natural conversation kind of a, of a situation as opposed to uh, somebody trying to do their material on the air or something like that. You know? Yeah. And uh, it seemed to have worked because, you know, we got to see sides and, 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 and colors of people that uh, you normally wouldn't or, or, or the the the, uh, the origin of certain jokes are that had become big for some comics, you know. Are you still there? No, I think you muted yourself. Yeah. Uh, Am I good now? Yeah, the last <laughs> thing I heard was the origin of comics, and then it, it went blank. Uh, the origin of, of of jokes and and stuff, and how they got to a certain bit that became very popular. You know that that, that was uh, always interesting. You know, um, but uh, like Gilbert God, you know, we had Gilbert Godfrey on, and him talking shit about his own show. And so he said because he was going to name it because he'd always have these uh, flyers that are about. He goes. And he would get these old, old-time big comics, and he goes, I was going to name it, quick, do my show before you die, you know, kind of a thing, but, you know. Well, well, that was the one thing I wanted to ask you about Gilbert, since you know everybody, and I've only met yeah. Gilbert three or four times, and right. he always he always sounded like how he sounds, but I've heard that that wasn't his real voice. I want to know, did you... No, that, you know, it was, I mean, he, I mean, uh... Even like our own voices, you know, you you, you can ex exaggerate your own voice, and and certain like when he would did the bird in Aladdin, that was in a you know that was a uh, uh, you know uh, a hybrid version of his own voice, but he spoke very similar to uh, that that thing, whatever it was. Yeah. Well, that's cool yeah. because people yeah. make fun of my voice all the time, and I'm just like, whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, I I don't even think I can recognize my voice. I don't. Uh... 
Well, so, I could but, I could recognize uh, your voice now that I know you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I guys have I mean, like uh, people have distinct dialects. Even like a guy like uh, uh, Joey Medina, you can hear his voice immediately. You know, it's not it's not a good thing, but you can. No, but I, I get that, man. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you, like, uh, because I started stand up in 2005, 2006 ish. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know, like, what was, what's like that? Because now we have, you know, You've been so kind to book me at the Laugh Factory and the stand-up club and the Ice House and stuff. Back then, what were the club scenes like for you when you were doing it? Because it's a totally you different know, game now. I feel YouTube's yeah, still there. I came out... I actually came out from film because I was doing rock videos. I did uh, Twisted Sister, Pat Benatar. In fact, the I Want a Rock video is nice. done in my high school. Um, and uh, so... Uh, when all this started happening, I first started doing comedy for Bob Zaney. Bob Zaney had more clubs than anybody. At the yeah. Time. You know? Bob Zaney was uh, Andy Kaufman's uh, right hand, right? Yeah. yeah and yes. Him and, yes. He, he did a lot of writing for and But he was a, he's a great comic. And, and bay, bay. He's a great comic in his own in his own right. You know? Right. But yeah, bay, Yeah. He was smart enough to... to, to uh, start rooms though he was the first guy to do that you know and there's still some rooms that are called zanies that we that were initiated by him you know any zanies you go into it was because of bob oh that's awesome yeah Yeah. so uh so i started out early but i uh when i started writing i i just i stopped doing stand-up for a, a bit because i uh i didn't like traveling right that's the worst part of stand-up is travel. Yeah. So, um, and getting to write for somebody else uh, was uh, uh, just, uh, it, it seemed, uh, it, first of all, it was financially more rewarding. And um, it, it was just, a lot of the risk was taken out. Yeah. You know, of uh, being attached, you know, it's like, uh, I, I learned to not be attached to any idea because uh, it wasn't my I, my decision to make. No, definitely, I, I get that. Yeah, you see, so you just keep on coming with stuff, and it's like something's going to hit. You know. Now I wanted to ask you because, like, outside of Paul Rodriguez, because you know, when you start working with him, he was already Paul Rodriguez. When you start right. working with other people, like, can you tell that? Like, did you? Could you tell that Willie was gonna blow, or Jeff was gonna oh, blow? Oh, yeah. You, you just, you just knew certain people had it, and right. not on top of that, they were, um, they were, they were somebody you wouldn't, you would hang with, you know, and that made a big difference because that's what you, when you think of a comic, you, you always think, man, it would be a blast to hang with that fucker, right? You know, and uh, you know, so. Uh, you know, and it was a stage where everybody was going through trials and tribulations. So, uh, you know, you know, I can still remember. And, and see, that's the thing about comics nowadays. And, and uh, is I hate to do somebody give an example. All right, Sebastian Sativa. I I can't tell you one of his bits. Right. <laughs> whereas, whereas these guys were coming up, 
you know, you knew there's something they fucking said. That whole fucking bit stood with you, you know? Right, and like hacky stuff. No, 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 not like hacky. The, the billion no. stuff that they said. You know, that stood with you. You know, whereas oh, hacky oh stuff, okay. I miss. Whereas the hacky stuff, you wouldn't even remember. You right. know, sometimes, you know, but the guys that came up there and didn't do fucking just straight on, uh, I was so drunk jokes, you know, uh, and had a little bit of thought behind them it, or, or they, you know, are, are had that confidence on stage. You just knew something was different. Now, you know? w would you say confidence is like a huge key? Because like there, for example, okay. like I'll use me, for example, I don't find that I'm the funniest comic in the world, but I find that I have great confidence. See, and that, that truly makes a difference because the truth of the matter is what the audience eats up is, a, a, you know, there's nothing better than a comic that puts a joke out there, it bombs, and it fucking doesn't phase them at all. Yeah. You know, in fact, he looks at the audience like, oh, come on, fucking, that was fucking funny. Why, what's wrong, what the fuck's wrong with you people? You know? <laughs> uh, there, there's something about that that's more uh, what a comic, what an audience eats eats you alive is when they see you stutter when they see you sweat when they see you fucking question your own self you know <laughs> when you get nervous because a joke didn't work or you get upset because a joke didn't work <laughs> you know they'll fucking eat you alive and yeah. at that moment you know you haven't cause, why because you have no confidence exactly now yeah. Because, what yeah. what ruins my stand-up game is when I get heckled. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but, like, when people try and heckle me, I just avoid the situation and I just move on to the next joke because I'm not yeah. very good at handling hecklers. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there, there, there there's certain ways to handle them. You know, it, it's, uh, like, for instance, I, I'm not sure about Pecker. Like, for instance, Paul will be on stage and there will be a fucking couple in the front row fucking about to go into chingasos you know <laughs> and paul paul will Whoa, not even acknowledge it that's right that's they're about to fight they're about to kick each other's ass and that's and paul will not even acknowledge it like it's not even happening <laughs> you know it'll just go on to the jokes i've seen right, it right. i've it's seen funny. it yeah <laughs> and you know sometimes when something is like directly at me, and I don't respond when it's like one thing is to say something, uh, uh, which when you're trying to fucking uh, be funny in front of the crowd, you fucking they add an extra tag or some shit. But one thing is to come at you for any particular reason, you know, uh, like any human, you, you got you, the audience all of a sudden does a to see what you're gonna do, yeah, you know. You, you can be intelligent about it. You can reprimand them. Uh, I'm sort of reactionary. I'll, I'll say what I was going to say before I even knew I said it. Right. You know, you know and, but that comes from, you know, having a lot of brothers and sisters, like, and you're fucking, somebody throws a shot at you, and it's like, you, you know, like, like, for instance, I was at the, um, the improv, I think, in, in Ontario, and... Uh, Having a decent set, and you could tell somebody's girl was laughing too much, right? You know? And so the guy yells, "You suck!" And like <laughs> everybody hears it, and there's a moment of silence. <laughs> you know? And I go, 
I go, yeah, well, maybe, but you swallow, you know? <laughs> and it was reactionary. It's not like it I is. fucking thought something out like that or something, but I'm sure I used it in third grade at one time. Right. You know, or something, you know? But, yeah, definitely. Uh, because it, but only because it was at me, you know? Yeah. And I, I, the crowd's going to stick up for you because the guy's being a jerk, but you can't... Uh, you know, um, uh, bow down. Right. You know, it's even, it's like, uh, something out of the side of your mouth. Yeah. I remember the first time I drank or something, you know, whatever the fuck you, you, you know, what some guys have a standard line, whatever. But, uh, I, again, if it's not aimed at me, I'll, I'll, I'll let it go. But if it's at me, I'm too Mexican not to fucking say something stupid. No, definitely. Yeah. But here's the one thing that I love about you, and I think the folks at home should know this about you. And I don't, I, I, won't, I won't say names, but I'll say the situation where uh, you booked me at a club, and then uh, the the club got there's a misunderstanding with another booker, so they booked like 20 people, and we didn't know who was on the show or whatever. And you drove to Hollywood and you said, hey, I don't care if I go up, but Keith's going up for at least five minutes. So I thought that that I thought that that was very, you know, that just meant a lot because I was you fucking killed it, too. So, yes, I remember. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that was was even more in your face, motherfuckers, kind of, you know, I love the subdue in your face, motherfuckers kind of of thing, you know, yeah, yeah. So I just I just wanted you to know that uh, that that was one of the nicest things any any comics ever done for me. So I really appreciate oh, it. I fucking loathe injustice. I, I really do. I fucking hate injustice, and I hate I I uh, uh, all my angst and uh, everything that I normally keep back. If I find somebody who's like in particularly being unfair, um, then I. I I don't even know how to shut up. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, all, all of a sudden I become uh, Melvin Luther King or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Melvin Luther King? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let, let's talk about this movie that's coming out, which is not entitled Born, Born Again. It has a new title, but you, you helped co-write it and you helped co-produce it. Well, I I, I, produ- I was one of the producers. I I, uh, I got to do some of the casting, and uh, because it was one of those low budgets, I was able to be uh, the music uh, director too. And I, I got a couple songs that I wrote in the movie. Um, and uh, but it was fun because you know from booking shows and booking radio, you know, I didn't have to go through management a lot. Through, so you know we were able to. Our, the cast was like Jay Moore. Yeah, I love Jay. Danny Trejo, Emilio Rivera, Felipe Esparza, Willie Marcena, Carlos Mencia, uh, fucking Jerry Garcia, Jeff Garcia, um, and then we got uh, Gary Busey. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna be fun. Yeah, Paul is saying that it, it's gonna be like a big, like a, a big more of a boost for him and so he's really excited for that well you know he uh i gotta hand it to him because uh you know it's like 
it's one of those things. One day we're going to do this. One day we're going to do this. One day we're going to do this. And then it was next week we're going to do this. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and uh, and it, it, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a roller coaster, but, uh, you know, it, it, his vision is manifesting. You know, I, I was lucky enough to be there. I, I, you know, a lot of the punching up I did was on the fly while we were on set, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, so and, joke uh, doctoring type thing. Exactly. Just, yeah, yeah. It's like, why don't you try this instead, you know, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and luckily, Jay, and most of the comics uh, respect that, but they would never usually take that from a director or a producer, you know. But, yeah, so that was – that made it fun. Yeah. And then, uh, so when – when do we have an exact release date when it's coming out, or is it still in the process? Like, it looks like we're going to colorization uh, next week. Uh, we, I, I, like I said, we, we're we're almost uh, we're at ninety nine point five percent of the uh, of the final cut, I cool. would say. And we should, uh, and then from there we gotta just uh, one of the Los Lobos are are doing the title track, and then it needs to be scored. My understanding is there's a the Broadway International Film Festival is here August twenty sixth and August twenty seventh, and. If the film's not ready, they'll be they're gonna it will be the first time they air a trailer. Oh my uh, god, that's great! Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that's uh, that's, that's uh, a great Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Well, the last. So again, last... I'm, I'm on a, I was like on a high truly. I I came from this from the editing bay and I had to pull over to talk to you. Oh, you're very sweet. So, I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and I, I, you know, I. I uh, it's it's real cool. I you know uh, it's funny, but I think I'm more excited about having two songs in it than than all this other stuff. That, that you know, it's cool. <laughs> well, I wanted to I wanted to get you on the riffs before you get all these requests for when the movie comes out. I was, <laughs> I was thinking, hey, I'll just do it now, get it out of the yeah, way before he gets ran out of town. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mel, I have one more question, but I wanted to also tell you this story. Uh, okay. The stand-up club, uh, I think, is one of the best comedy clubs out right now. Like, it's very intimate and, and small and stuff. I love that place, yes. And I, I remember when he, uh, I did it with Paul, you texted me and you said, hey, we're running late, you need to host and bring me up. And I was like, okay, cool. So I told the 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 manager that. And the manager's like, like he acted like he never uh, has heard of me. You know what I mean? Which is fine. <laughs> so I, I did, I did the time, and I brought you up. And the manager uh, came up to me and said, "You know, uh, you're the type of comic that needs to be on shows in case people are late like that." So I thought. <laughs> that... <laughs> so, so in a way, I thought that that was a great compliment <laughs> from a guy who's. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. my last question for you, Mel Garcia, is if you yeah. could go back in a in a time machine and talk to a younger Mel Garcia and just tell him like what you know now, like what kind of advice would you give yourself? Uh, 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 pay your traffic tickets. I th that's good it. advice. Th I thought you were oh, going to yeah. say I would go back and say, "Don't do Keith's podcast." 
Oh, that was up there, but no, that was uh... a. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, apparently, you know, I think somebody back in time should explain somebody to somebody like, when you sign your ticket, you're not admitting the ticket, but you did just sign your soul and blood that you have to show up. I would, I had this mentality like, fuck it, I didn't do it. Right. And I didn't go. And uh, I, a lot of warrants. <laughs> a lot of. Well, you know what they say, ladies like the warrants. Well, that was that stupid 80s rock band, though. <laughs> now, Victor, do you have any questions for Mel? Well, I mean, just the usual. You know, uh, uh, you know, it's just, you know, what happens when uh, you don't feel like you're feeling like you want to go on stage, but you have to go on stage? What do you do? Uh, you, you know, I'm I'm actually at that point grateful that I'm getting to go on stage because I feel like such shit in the first place. You know, so it becomes therapy for me. It, uh, um, um, I think the worst part is when you're too tired right. because it doesn't matter where your mindset is, you know. So what do you when you're too tired? Uh, um. Uh, fucking bomb like a motherfucker. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's why I love you. You know why? Because you go on stage. I've had other people tell me, hey, you know what? If you don't feel like it, don't go on stage. And you know what, Mel? You told me the real truth. Go yeah. on and bunk and bunk and bomb. Right, right. You're going to bomb, bomb hard. And bomb hard. Not just regular and bomb. Then, bomb hard, and, man. And, and what's cool is you go... If you tell somebody before, it's like, you know, I'm not feeling it, but you really want me to go up, I'll go up. And then when you come down and you pass them, you go, I told you. If I can, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> People don't understand that, Mel. People don't it's understand like, that. They don't understand like, that. Why, you know? why, why do you look so surprised? If I can, why, <laughs> now, where's the pillow with the blanket? <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> So, so Mel, wh where can the yeah. folks at home follow and support you at? Mm, uh, at, at Melvis33 uh, on Instagram, and I don't even know how to fucking get on Facebook. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Mel, listen, yes. you're legit as fuck. I know your friend David. He's a photographer. He's he's a cool dude. And Who's David? I don't know his last name, but he has... He has okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was at one of my shows with Sebastian. And um, I, I was like, hey, listen, is it cool if I tell dirty jokes in front of your son? He's like, I don't care. And I was like, so David Coda. David Coda. Oh, no, listen, I didn't, I didn't say that. You did. But um, uh, no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm not throwing him under the bus. He, he's, he's a great dude. I love him so much. But his son came up to me and he asked me, like, all these questions. Because he listened to my set. This most of my set was about something to teach you. <laughs> and so he came up to me and like, hey, and he was like kind of like like upset about it. Like, hey, 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 you're supposed to be a teacher. So when you come to the class, like, like like do you have anything like like ready for the students or do you just go based on the cuff? And I'm like, they're seven or eight years old. And like I don't know how to answer this question because I didn't expect like a seven or eight year old to like dissect my set, but a lot of my set was about stand up stand up. And right. those are new teaching. 
And so, like, I was just making that correlation. So, like, he was a good so dude. So, what, what was the question he asked you? He asked me, hey, why is there so many substitute teachers that are coming to my class? How come there's always substitute teachers? Oh. Uh, and so, okay. I didn't want to give him the honest answer. The honest answer was like, hey, all these substitute teachers are just done. They're done. Yeah. I don't want to deal with anybody because they're only going to be able to deal with like six weeks worth of material, which is 30 days, five days yeah. a week. So it's just like, and like I was trying to be honest with them, but at the same time, I'm just like, dude, you're like eight or nine years old and you just watched my entire set and you're asking me questions about my set. And nobody ever calls me out about my set. But then I have like an elementary school student call me out about my about my set, and so I have to be honest with them and tell, tell them, like, hey, I didn't anticipate any elementary school students calling me but, out about so my what, set. So what you're upset about is that you had to fucking send yourself to an eight-year-old, is that what you're saying? No. I wasn't offended. <laughs> I just let it go. I let it go because I'm just like, oh, he's not my model audience, but I, I let him ask me the question because he's an intellectual elementary school students, so I, right, I, right. I don't ask me the question. And so it's just like, you know, I still did my, because I asked his dad, I was like, hey, you know, you know what's so funny is like, you, I've seen so many guys supposedly said, all right, do a clean set. Um, no, it wasn't clean. It wasn't clean. It was no, dirty. No, I, I asked I Sebastian if it was okay. I asked David if it was okay. They both said it was okay. person ever asked about a clean set. Um, so uh, what I'm saying is, what they do is they take the cuss words out, but they leave the subject matter sometimes. Right. Yeah. No, but yeah. as David and Sebastian, they said, I could be as dirty as I want to be. I pretend that yeah. seven or nine-year-old, I don't know how old he was, he was seven or nine years old. When David's child has to spend tens of hundreds of thousand dollars on therapy, <laughs> uh, we will know that maybe that wasn't the right way to do it. I'm just saying. No, no, listen, we're not calling out parenting. We're just calling out like, hey, no, no, we asked him before okay, the show. Maybe you're I, not. I, I am. I know him well enough. I, yeah, I'm thinking no, about it. No, no, no. I only did one show. And I asked Sebastian and I asked, asked, asked David. Straight up. Right. Would that be dirty? Is it okay to be dirty? You know what David told me? David told me. What? He said, hey, just do you, bro. What? Do you, bro. Do you, bro. Do you, bro. Oh, yeah. And that's what he said. He didn't even say, cut out any of your stuff. Don't do anything different. So I did my stuff, and it, it worked over pretty good. But then what I didn't anticipate was that the kid, he asked me a bunch of questions about teaching. Because... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 so I, didn't, I didn't anticipate for the, ch for the child to watch my set, and then he watches my set, and then he has me questions. He's looking at, he's looking at giggling. His students are fucked, I'm just saying. <laughs> Say that. They got, no, that they got no chance. They got no fucking chance. Oh, Mel, hey, man, I want to respect yeah. your time. Uh, thank you so much for razor rifting with us, pal. And man, uh, I, I appreciated it. I, I had a good time. Yeah, and I love you very much, and thank you for being in yeah, my same life. Here, man. Brother. Oh, man. Thank you. All right. The well, door opens. It's up to you what you do with it once it's open, brother. That's all. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later, and uh, all right. you have my word. If I ever become a huge, huge name, 
I'm gonna uh, have you have you write for me too. <laughs> okay. All right, and uh, um, Mr. Uh, Jesse, what, Je uh, fucking, uh, who's your your, your, your your partner? What? Hello? <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. You mean help me get the fuck out of there? What? Yeah, you know, I, I forgot his name. Oh, Victor. Victor. Victor, why Victor? Why I want to put him as a Jesus or a Jesse, something with a J. I don't know why. Private uh, Hoto. Okay, you, this is not a confession kind of radio show. Um, <laughs> so well, you, well, I just want to give you an invitation to come and do Wednesdays. That's all. Ah. Uh. See, Victor would love to take you out. Wait, on that is that for Google. Keith or for me? For you. Wait, he said you. Uh, Mal, I'll Keith, say Keith, Keith, Keith's done it. But yeah, you can come back. But yeah, yeah. So uh, let's, let's do the, the 14th. Before, is that for me or for Keith? He just you. said for you. No, I Thank just want to confirm. Keith. The 14th of July, I'll be there. Or the 14th no. of uh, June? June, yes. Oh, wow, that's in three days. Three weeks. In three, three weeks. weeks? No, no, the 14th of June is in three days. Three the weeks. The 14th of June? No, no, I can go there in three days if you want me to the be 14th, The 14th of June. Okay, that's in that. That's literally, like, so close. That's in the weeks, not months. No, Man, it's in there. three weeks, not can three you, days. Can you book Keith? So I could be with my homie because Mel, you're legit as fuck, and I love you. But you want to be there homie. with Keith? Yeah, I'd love yeah. to be there with Keith. I, I'm not Keith doing it up. until July, but yeah. Keith, listen, even if uh, you're not there or not, Mel, will you be there? We don't need to talk about yeah. this on the podcast. We no, can we talk do. about yeah, yeah, because yeah. listen, because all right, no, this got... is on Mel. This is on Mel because Mel, hey, listen, I'll see you too. Send him a DM and we'll figure it out. Mel, no, thanks for that. Uh, I appreciate no, no. it. Mel's been cool. Right, no, Mel, hey, listen, yeah. from the bottom of my heart, I legitimately love the way that you write and the way that your perspective is on writing. That is 100% something that I love and I appreciate everything that you do because I've worked with thanks, you. Thanks, Remember it or not? You're professional. And you know what? Professional. And, professional. and from the bottom, bottom of my, my heart, you are a funny fat fuck. <laughs> That's the best part to leave. <laughs> on the show. All right, guys. All right. Subscribe, rate, review, and we'll see you next week. All right, buddy. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio.